Hey everyone, it's Brittany and we are on episode 62 with Dina Schmid. She's a public speaking coach and certified etiquette consultant and we talk about a ton of topics on this episode. Everything from how to show up to a networking event when you aren't used to talking about yourself in public because hey, let's be honest, so many of us are online entrepreneurs today. And then we get into other topics like how you say something will make or break your personal brand, even if you've spent a ton of time on messaging. When you get clients on the phone, is that the moment you lose them? We're going to cover all of that in just a minute. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, Dina. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Know, Like, and Trust show. All right. Thank you, Brittany, for having me. When you first contacted me, I was first kind of like, okay, well, let's look into this. And then almost immediately after, really intrigued because you, on your website, mention a few different things about how vocal presentation can set you apart, how it can inform your personal branding. And given that I have been hosting this podcast for a while, (laughs) and also given that my husband is a trained audio engineer and might be a wee bit critical about certain audio things. I thought this might be a really fun person to have on the show and just kind of see what you have to share with us about how we can all raise the bar in this area a little bit more. Yes, vocal branding or vocal presence, as I call it, definitely can impact your image, your personal branding. How many times have you heard someone get up to give a talk and they are flat in their delivery and they're talking about how passionate they are about something and you're thinking, I don't feel the passion. I don't really think that I want to work with this person because it just doesn't come across as if it's something they are actually interested in. That is part of how your vocal presence affects your personal brand. There's a lot you can do with it. Even the way you say your name can affect how likely people are to remember you. I have a relatively short name, Dina Schmid. If I say it like that, it kind of all blends together. But if I say it as Dina Schmid, you're much more likely to remember it. I've slowed it down. I've paused between the words. Again, that's my vocal presence that I am using to help reinforce who I am to you. You know, that's actually really interesting. And this has nothing to do with personal branding, but, you know, we all use Siri and Alexa in our daily like lives at this point. And I cannot tell you how often I have to repeat myself. And it's probably for that exact same reason. I'm not slowing my words down. I'm not separating them. And I find myself with Siri in particular. So my husband's last name is Rumore, but it looks like rumor with an E at the end. It does not matter how much I train her, she will not respond to rumore or rumor or rumore or any of that. (laughs) Yeah. Siri's her own little problem sometimes. Yes. But the way you just said Dina Schmid kind of reminded me of how I end up talking to both Siri and Alexa to get my point across. Mm -hmm. And that could be a way that you could talk to others to get your point across as well. I think a lot of people flat out speak too quickly. 
especially when it comes to their names. As I just said, you mentioned your husband's name. My husband's name is Scott Schmid. It's two one-syllable words. And when he says it together, people are like, huh, they, they totally miss it. I think it's quite a funny that we both have husbands whose names don't quite work well with Siri. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> when someone is introducing themselves in person, mm-hmm. what is the best way to not be awkwardly saying your name, but make it separated enough so someone can really register it and has time for their brain to catch up with what they're actually hearing? I think if you're going to introduce your name, the important thing is to have a little pause between your first name and your last name. Or if you happen to have a hyphenated name or if you go by a middle name as well, make sure it's clear where it's separated. So I would say Dina Schmid. Just have a little bit of a pause in there. And that allows people to process the first name before I've moved on to the second name. And does that change at all when you're not in person, whether you're either on the phone, doing a, you know, audio only Skype or Zoom call, anything like that? I don't think it really needs to change. It's the same thing for each situation in that the other person just needs a little bit of time to process and then they will recognize, okay, that's the first name, that's the second name. So when you mentioned earlier that it informs personal branding the way you say your name. You know, that was a small part of what we actually say out loud on a regular basis. Saying your name is just part of it. The way you talk about what you do is going to impact your personal branding as well. I know a lot of times we spend a lot of time worrying about our messaging. What is it that we're going to say? And we overlook how we're going to say it. We've heard it before. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. When if you give an apology to someone, you say, I'm sorry. It doesn't sound very sincere. That's the way I know my children used to apologize to each other all the time. Oh, (laughs) yeah. But the way you say things can actually change the meaning behind the words. I have an exercise that I can do with you to show you that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I have just a simple declaratory sentence that I want you to say out loud. And I'm going to send that to you so you can see it. It's simple. I did not say he stole the money. Yeah, I did not say he stole the money. Very declarative sentence. Now, the second time you say it, I want you to put the emphasis on the word I. I did not say he stole the money. Yeah. It's no longer a declarative statement. I did not say he stole the money. All of a sudden, it's I did not say he stole the money. It's become a defensive statement. It's come from declarative to defensive. And you can even change who you are defending. If you go ahead and you put the emphasis on he, listen to what it sounds like now. I did not say he stole the money. Yeah, now you're defending him. You're not defending yourself. We've totally changed the meaning behind the words and the way people are going to interpret it. And it's that same way with our messaging. If we don't emphasize the words correctly, it may not come out the way we intend people to interpret it. So it is really important that we take that time to practice messaging, record ourselves, watch ourselves on video if we have to. And make sure that we're not losing the meaning behind the messaging, that we're not perhaps 
betraying our own image that we hope to project. Very good. So I have said this on the show before, but it's something you've, I'm sure, heard before as well. There's a few different levels of comfortability with recording. So the first level is, you know, you have to record your voice mailbox greeting. And I'm sure we both know people who have done that 50 times in a row and they're still not happy (laughs) with how they sound, right? So that's the first level. The second level is being a guest on somebody's like live stream or a podcast such as this. You're not hosting it, but you are going to be in recorded voice format. Mm -hmm. And you may or may not love how you sound. When I first started recording this podcast, I had to kind of get over how I sound. You know, the the recorded version of you is not what you hear in your own brain, of course. Yes. Nobody thinks they sound the way they do when they listen to themselves for the first time. And then the third level is, you know, video, audio, and all of that all put together, which increases the, you know, body language quotient of, Mm -hmm. of the personal branding and effectiveness in communication and all of those things. But when someone is doing what you just suggested. They're recording themselves saying something to see if their message delivery truly is what they are hoping it's going to be. How do you recommend they separate those different pieces? Because I still find myself saying that is not how I sound and forgetting to pay attention to things like voice inflection, whether it's declarative, whether there's questioning going on, all of those things I kind of gloss over because I have a tendency to start picking apart how I sound. I think it really is just something that requires a bit of a mindset change. You have to train yourself to listen, not for the way your voice sounds, but to listen to make sure your voice is matching what you want it to convey. I always tell people who work with me to write down a list of adjectives and or phrases of how they want to be perceived. Maybe for you, there's a bit of you know, vibrance that you want to have, for example, trustworthiness, and then listen for those in the message. Don't listen to your voice. Don't listen to whether you think you're a little too high pitched or perhaps low pitched, but instead listen to hear if you hear confidence, trustworthiness. Is that what you're communicating? Oh, I like that. Give me a goal to pick out. It's kind of like when you are shopping for a car and there's a new car that you see and you're driving around and suddenly you start seeing it everywhere, right? Yes, yes. And once you become aware of things, it, it's really the first step towards changing them and making them the way you want to be. I will warn you, though, that sometimes there is a point at which your awareness happens much faster than your ability to actually change things. And you get a little frustrated because you start noticing, wait, that wasn't the way I wanted it to sound or, oh, no, I should have done that a little bit differently. But if you keep at it, eventually you will find things coming out the way you want them to come out without even then having to second guess yourself or to really think about it. It truly will become automatic. Yeah, I definitely have caught myself in that place. There is a clicking sound I make sometimes as I'm speaking. And since I hear myself on audio, I notice it, but I don't notice while I am doing it. So I hear it after the fact. And I'm finally aware of it. I didn't even used to hear it in recordings originally, but now I hear it, even though I have not yet figured out how to not do that. 
Well, eventually you will figure out how to do it. Like I said, awareness is the first step. And eventually you will start catching yourself immediately after doing it. You'll hear it and you'll go, ugh, I didn't mean to do that. Then you will catch yourself before that when your lips are starting to form the motion that you had been doing that makes it, you'll stop yourself and you will prevent yourself from adding that little clicking noise. Okay, so moving on a little bit talking about how people speak and how that can affect their their branding, how they're perceived, and all of those things. When someone wants to change the perception of who they are, maybe they're making a business pivot, maybe they just want to move from the I'm learning phase to I know what I'm doing or the I know what I'm doing and I help a lot of people into the thought leader stage. What is the most important thing for them to focus on and how they're presenting themselves. I think it's really important that they focus on those adjectives or phrases that they would use to describe themselves and get a mental picture of what that sounds like, what that looks like. I can give you an example. If you want to be seen as someone who is very intelligent, using um, uh, you know, like isn't really going to add to your brand it's going to come across as perhaps not as well-educated or as intelligent as you would like. But for other people that want to be seen perhaps as perky or extremely animated, a few ums and likes aren't really going to throw that off. If they're really animated in the way they're talking and they're super excited and their voice is full of all sorts of infliction, an occasional um is just going to roll right off. It just has to be consistent with the way you want to be perceived. And so if you're trying to change into something different, then you have to work and practice on getting your voice to reflect that. Very good. So if someone wanted to be perceived, and I'm just going to spitball here, Mm -hmm. as intelligent, yes, but more importantly than intelligent, maybe like a go-getter, not quite perky, but someone really driven perhaps even a tad aggressive, what would they want to do versus some of the other personas that we were talking about? That's an interesting one. I think a person who wants to come across as driven is probably going to be very deliberate in their speech and the way they deliver their words. They possibly are going to use even fewer words and be very concise I think that comes across a little bit more aggressive than someone who's just kind of meandering around and talking about things comfortably. But a driven, aggressive person is going to just give it to you direct, give it to you straight, and they would want to make sure that their words are focused. So one of the things I've found in interviewing so many people on this show is that some people have a tendency to start dropping their sentences. And then other people have a tendency to, you know, when they get really excited, they start talking a lot faster and things like that. And I'm sure that I'm also guilty of the same, but are those things that as a person on the, on the listening side, we expect and and we account for, or is that something that as you speak more and more professionally, you want to start moving out of your presentation? It's going to depend on how you want to be perceived. I think for most people, there is definitely a benefit to slowing down the rate at which you are speaking. Unless you want to convey 
almost overexcitedness. You want to slow down and speak a little bit slower. For other people, some of those things aren't going to be as big of a problem, but you do have to watch out for certain what I call distracting or detracting habits. That dropping of the sentences at the end is a negative, I think, no matter what type of image you're trying to portray. What other things might qualify as negatives no matter what? I think that upspeak is a really negative one. That's where you end everything like a question, even though it isn't. Another one that's really annoying is vocal fry. Okay, you know what I mean. It's that extension of mostly vowel sounds. A lot of people associate that with the Kardashians, but it's been around a lot longer than the Kardashians. We always recognize um, uh, a lot of times as being a problem. For some people, the use of and is actually their biggest nemesis. They don't realize it until they need to get a transcript of what they're saying, but everything they've said is one long run-on sentence connected with and. Don't be afraid of pauses. One of the things I have found myself doing more often, or maybe I always did it and now I'm finally getting that awareness that you were speaking of. So moving on or so, and I, I caught myself doing it in a workshop I led last week, a live workshop and was a little bit floored at how often I said that. So I need, so I need to. <laughs> so has crept in to speech patterns amazingly strongly over the past couple of years. I myself find myself picking up that as a habit as well. I pick it up from people I work with. I myself am using so too much lately, as well as now I've switched to okay. Okay, moving on. Okay. I'm probably guilty of that one too, now that I think about it. I think we're passing those on and reinforcing them with each other because I hear them more and more all the time. When I gave my first professional talk, it was in front of I don't know, 175 people or so. And, you know, of course I was incredibly nervous and had, you know, all the nerves and it was not helped by the fact that a friend of mine was at this conference and her husband was there. And it was one of the first conferences he had attended in this industry. And he was picking apart someone else that spoke. Apparently this guy had a verbal tick. I did not notice it at all in a 45 minute long talk. But my friend Steve definitely noticed it and he was picking it apart and he was sitting in his chair tallying how many times this guy did a particular thing. So then, of course, I got that in my head and, you know, all of this is mindset. All of this is just that that headspace that you need to be in before you go out and put your best foot forward. So all of that is leading up to my question, which is what is the best way to prepare yourself not so much in the moment, but before you are about to put yourself out there so that you can present yourself in the best light possible and in the one that you have strategized to give you the most effectiveness. If we are talking about right before you go out there, you're sitting in the audience listening to speakers and it's your turn to speak at that moment, the best thing you can do is be present and listen to everyone else. If you start running through what you think you need to do and reviewing in your mind your speech, game over. You're actually making yourself more nervous. You're subconsciously sending yourself the message that you're not prepared and you need to keep going over it. Whereas you are much better off to just sit and listen to everyone else talk 
to be present and then switch it on and give your presentation. When somebody is in that moment, they're already in the middle of giving a presentation, whether it's, you know, small where you're recording a podcast or larger where you're in a small networking event and speaking in front of 10 or 20 people all the way up to a nice ballroom filled of people and you make a mistake when you're in that moment and you make a mistake, what is the best way to recover from it while maintaining what you were trying to do? You'd want to correct your mistake and move on. What's the hardest thing to do though is to not react physically to that mistake, that facial expression, that deer in the headlights look, that grimace that might happen because you've made a mistake. You need to try to stay poker faced, stay in whatever type of image you want to have, stay that way, and then move on. Perfect. Okay. When we're talking about how you present yourself vocally, how you speak, and all of that relating to personal branding, are there any things? that you really want to avoid regardless of the situation. And I want to give you a little bit of uh, a situation background here. So most of the people who listen to this show are online entrepreneurs. They're spending a lot of time in Facebook groups. They're probably engaging a lot on Instagram and they don't actually have the element of personal presentation very often at least. So when they do have that, I feel like a lot of people get to a place where they, they just don't know what to do. So maybe they're really great typing online. This is what I do. This is who I help. And then they get to a small local networking event and they start feeling a little bit at a loss or, or maybe not even at a loss, but they start doing some of those things you mentioned earlier. You know, I help women. It just kind of falls off, right? Mm-hmm. What are the things that specifically people who don't have a ton of experience practicing this in person can do to get themselves more prepared so that when they do go out and about, they can do it with confidence? Practice is really the number one thing they can do. You can practice with friends. You can practice in a mirror. You can practice with your phone recording you. Listen to it. Try to be objective. I know nobody likes the way they look. Nobody likes the way they sound when they're speaking, but try to get past that and see what you can do. Take different photographs of yourself in different positions to look for the body language and see, okay, if I stand with my hands in this position, how do I look? If I move them to this position, how do I look? You can see differences. You really can, depending on your posture and the gestures that you are making. So work with that. The other thing you can do for practicing is to go to lower pressure situations. There's a ton of opportunities out there with meetups where you can go where it may not be necessarily professionally related, but you can get the opportunity to practice your elevator pitch and see how it comes out, see how people respond to it, and then refine it so that when you find yourself in that local networking group, you feel a lot better about what you're doing. In a different avenue of my life, I had a lot of anxiety over meeting people. I'm what I would call a social introvert, meaning I regain my energy from being alone, but I really do enjoy social settings so long as it's not enforced small talk. <laughs> Talking about the weather is one of the, it's just one of those things that 
it irks me. I'm like, why are we wasting our time doing this? We could be talking about so many more important things. So tell me, why did you drop out of college? Let's talk about something deep within three minutes of meeting you. But because I didn't like small talk, I felt so much anxiety over going to parties. You know, maybe a friend was having a Christmas party and I was only going to know another couple there or any situation of that kind. I never felt fully comfortable in the middle of it. And I truly think that a big part of that was I would stumble over my words because I'd feel flustered because I didn't know what to say and I didn't have a plan in place. So do you recommend anything around that having conversation points picked out or, or, or anything that might help someone in those kinds of situations, whether it's personal or business? I do recommend that people have conversation starting questions in their head going in. I know weather used to be the one that people would always use. You mentioned not liking talking about the weather, but there are other things that can be really good for opening up conversations. People love to give their opinions. Ask people for their opinions on things. Ask for recommendations. Come up with that list of questions in your head so that when you find yourself in this social situation, you are comfortable asking and make sure those questions are about topics you're also comfortable talking about so that if the conversation goes that way, you can run with it. If somebody is feeling really uncomfortable, working with a public speaking coach can really be a benefit. The coaches that are probably going to help you the most are ones that are going to work to help you develop your own style that fits with the way you want to be perceived. They're not going to try to turn somebody who is a Steve Jobs, quiet, kind of demure speaker into a Tony Robbins. They'll work with you to help you bring out your natural style. Well, great. Thank you, Dina, so much. We'll have the link to your website in the show notes, of course, so that if people are interested in working with you in that manner, we can get them into your sphere. All right. Well, thank you, Brittany, for having me. Well, thank you again to Dina. I'm so excited about this episode for a few reasons. And the first of them, Dina and I actually touched on right after I finished recording our interview. Dina asked if I felt like I had gotten a lot out of it personally. And I said, you know, I really had because so many of the examples I came up with for the questions I asked her were how I felt five years ago, not how I felt five minutes ago. And it made me realize how far I've come. And she ended up saying something really awesome. And I don't have the recording, of course, so I am paraphrasing here. But Dina said, everyone can learn to be better. And I think it's a great way to end this episode because we all have the power to grow and we all have the power to further ourselves, whatever the reason, whether it's business or professional, based on how we speak to people, how we show up and how we say things. 